the icons of real estate podcast are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents ready to skyrocket your business this podcast is for you tune in every week and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business from three million dollars to 30 million dollars in just 12 months brought to you by the masters in real estate marketing ardor seo Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest for you today, Ray Hyman from Terra Capital. Not in the Midwest, but in New York, but invest in the Midwest, right? Am I right? That's right. Reverse commuter. Hey, reverse Tim. commuter. I love that. I love that. I'm going to start using that. I'm a reverse commuter too, all over, all over the United States. There you go. Uh, it's welcome all yours. to the show. I appreciate you, you being uh, on today, Ray. Uh, so let's start at the beginning. All right. I'm not going to let you off the hook. You know, no matter what type of real estate you're in, I'm going to ask you the same thing. You were you the kid? Were you were you, were you five years old building in your backyard? You know, going, you know, hey, I, I'm building some properties, mom and dad. You know, you buying or or is this something that you just kind of shifted into early in life? How'd you get started? Uh, you know, investing in properties. Yeah, so uh, Midwest, New York, back to Midwest. I'm actually from Cleveland, is where I, okay. I grew up. So. Uh, a big Browns fan, very much a Midwesterner, um, awesome, really supportive, super hardworking, uh, you know, Midwest style parents uh, and family there. Um, but my infatuation with real estate is, you know, really from a from a pretty early age, uh, my dad's an architect. Um, okay. And so I grew up around construction designs. Uh, back then they had those little you know, actual wooden models of, of houses that they were, that they were yes. designing. And so those were all over our house. Uh, I right. would get uh, yelled at, I would step on them, break them, but um, yeah, See, he would right. take us. I was to, right. I was right though. I mean, you, you were. were taking the little houses going, Hey, you know, if I stack these and I, I had 20 families move in, I could probably on a per door basis. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, honestly not far off, but yeah. um, you know, that was also my, uh, my summer job every summer was working okay. on his construction sites. And so, um, you know, through that, I really got a taste for real estate as I was coming up and, you know, I'm not an artist or an architect by right. any means, like, like he was, you know, I'm an investor. So I'm, you know, much closer to that, you know, how do I take this house and turn it into three units kind of a thing. But, uh, on a fundamental level, I really, you know, love what I invest in. And, uh, I, you know, just a just a kind of very, very early intro into that space. But I shipped off to New York. So this is the first Midwest to New York part of the story. Um, but I uh, shipped off to New York. I went to college at Columbia. Um, that's where I met my absolutely stellar business partner, Tom Higgins, um, who's sort of a uh, construction and development extraordinaire. And uh, we started working together uh, during college. He was a real estate broker at the time. And so we got into a few deals in New York City, um, you know, all small walk-up properties. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a it was a lot of fun, and we only had you know so many units by the time we graduated. So we had you know regular day jobs after that. But that's really where I kind of kicked off, you know, working in the space. Um, you know, we had pretty serious jobs. Tom worked for a national development firm um, and some family offices in New York, um, and I 
worked in investment banking at JP Morgan. Okay. Um, I was at Booz and Co in the acquisition strategy team. Um, and then I also worked at Severica Capital, which is a, a private equity fund doing um, real estate and healthcare stuff there. But, you know, that was, you know, a really kind of a classic snowball story. We kept buying smaller properties in New York. Um, at some point on the line, we looked up at each other and said, hey, you know, we're getting pretty good at this. Um, but New York is tough. Um, at our day jobs, you know, we're looking at all these markets outside of New York. Uh, we're super well equipped to analyze them. Um, so, you know, what say we, you know, come up with a framework to do it ourselves and really supercharge this thing. And so that's exactly what we did. And we expanded into Pennsylvania, um, kept growing from there. We're in five states now, um, continuing to expand. And, you know, that kind of side hustle became the the main gig. And, uh, you know, awesome. these last five years or so, that's that's kind of all we do. But that's really the, uh, you know, Midwest to New York. And then now we're in New York day to day, but we're investing back in the Midwest. So back and forth. That, that's fantastic, man. You and I actually have um, uh, very similar uh, beginnings. Uh, I started in 19, I'm giving away my age, uh, uh, but long time ago uh, in 1992 at Bear Stearns. And uh, I actually, oh, there you go. yeah, I packaged uh, REITs. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, so, uh, so you lived in New York. No, I was actually at the uh, Bear in Dallas. Okay. Uh, at, at Thanksgiving, originally Thanksgiving Tower, and then moved over to the Crescent. Um, I don't know if, if you know Dallas very well, but no, I was there and we packaged REITs and then I moved over into retail REITs, you know, where I, you know, all new issues, trying trying to get them out the door. But yeah, yeah so I our, did live in New York, but not at that time. Yeah. So our office is in uh, Midtown Manhattan. That's where all of our acquisitions folks sit. We had a lot of kids from Columbia, NYU that we just had, you know, networks with. So nice. a lot of our, our team is there, but uh, we are literally a block and a half from the Bear Stern, old Bear Stearns building, the Octagon in Manhattan. Yeah. So super I nice. Know it well. not, as, not as nice as the San Francisco office. I don't know uh, if you've ever heard the tales of that, but um, I it, have. It, yeah. I was it, jealous. It, yeah. Very je like, uh, Hey, the sinks are made of gold. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we all know how that story turned out. Yeah, so we know how maybe, that story maybe cut costs on the uh, sink gold sinks there. Hey, it's uh, three cents a share. Um, any <laughs> anyway, that's uh, the, the, a, a lot of realtors are listening right now. Going, what is that? What are those guys talking about? Guys are talking about? Uh, anyhow, good stuff, man. So let's talk about today. Um, yeah, I'm always I'm always fascinated. Okay, I'm I, in in I'm, like you said, you're 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 traveling back and forth, uh, but not literally always traveling, you know. Um, but but you're remote, remote, and um, how do you go about finding your properties when you're in? And everybody's got a different story. I mean, I've I've talked to uh, you know quite a few people uh, over the past years. How are you finding your properties and and describe? specifically what you're looking for and how do you vet them when you're not walking right in front of them like walk-ups in New York like you were talking about yeah no that's a great uh a great set of questions and maybe I can you know step back a, a, a smidge and just yeah. kind of go over what you know what type of properties we go after because that's that's really key to the you know how we find them and how we you know how our model works but you know we are multifamily real estate investors uh but we do that a little differently. So, you know, we're focused on the lower middle market. Uh, we've called that space the, you know, mini multi space, which is, you know, starting to catch on a little bit, but 
Um, What that means specifically is that we go after two to 15 unit buildings. Um, So really the smallest apartment buildings out there. Um, And that goes back to our roots starting in New York at walk-ups. It's sort of our specialty um, is the smaller, older buildings from, you know, the late 1800s, early 1900s. Yeah, I was going to say that generally has to be an older model. I mean, uh, but, but, but highly sought after. Highly sought after. Uh, they're in the best, you know, streets, the best locations. They're right on the strip. Um, they're frequently in, you know, historically guided or protected areas of a yeah. city. So the risk of a, you know, developer coming in in the immediate vicinity, very low. Um, like but, you know, the, the, to getting to the, you know, how we, how we buy and how we find part of it is, yes, buying these smaller properties sounds like a, a headache, um, these smaller, older properties. And it is. Uh, but the, the, the key is that this part of the market is what we always refer to as too big for flippers and too yeah. small for developers. So, you know, we're in this, uh, if you think about that, uh, we have a massive competitive advantage because, you know, other groups just aren't the right size, right? Either it's way too much for them to bite off, or it's just a small fraction of their kind of minimum investment size. Um, and so, you know, we are very frequently the only people at the table whenever it's an on-market process, but we do and can take advantage of a tremendous amount of off-markets. We're actually 70% of our mm-hmm. units are purely off-market and that's, wow. you know, not pocket listing or anything like that. That's literally, we got in touch with them, you know, directly to the seller. Right. I can get, you know, into that a little bit more, but, you know, we buy, a lot of these properties, 15 to 25 units per month is where our, our run rate is right now. Wow. Um, and we add a tremendous amount of value through renovations. And the piece of this that you know ties back to the whole Bear Stearns conversation, so maybe that can have some value for people who are like, what the heck are you talking about? Right. Uh, you know, what we're doing is institutionalizing the lower middle market in real estate. So what we're doing is aggregating all of these mini multi-properties into portfolios of 150 plus units. Um, and so it's that piece of it that, you know, very attractive entry prices, very competitive renovation costs per square foot, right. but then really the maximum price per unit at exit uh, by selling to that institutional grade buyer, the family right. office, the private equity fund. Um, and that's how we, you know, really kind of juice the, you know, all the returns for the work that we put into the properties up front. So it's really, and also balancing balancing out the risk, the risk level, right? I mean, exactly. You don't you don't have six hundred units in a building if that one building, for whatever reason, you know, has to has needs renovations of fifteen million. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, we got two dead years here, or whatever. Yeah, and that's the that's one of the things that's so compelling to buyers on the back end. I mean, let's say. Our, our biggest piece of inbound communication is from people trying to buy portfolios from us that we've already built. But um, the, the, one of the most compelling things is exactly that is the risk hedge, right? They're, yeah. they're not, you know, a single plumbing stack or a single contractor's work or a single location or a single tax um, reassessment, right? It's right. spread out across multiple, you know, sub markets within a city or an MSA. Um, yeah. And the risk is, you know, really downgraded. But, you know, there's a lot of similarities to single family aggregators in the model that we do. And so we take advantage of a lot of the same things, right? You know, local contractors, um, very specific and routine um, finishes in each of our units. 
Um, a lot of, you know, as discussed, the off-market approach to bring sellers to market and go in at great prices, which is really a win-win for everybody. A lot of these properties are totally, you know, forgotten. Um, but it's, you know, at the, you know, multifamily level of complexity. So there's, a, there's more headache, there's zoning issues, right. um, certificates of occupancy, how do the utilities work, this whole list of things that don't exist in SFR. So, you know, our, our model is really, you know, how do we create that aggregator type fund for this more complex asset class? And we're devoted to, you know, putting together and building the processes that make that a super scalable, high volume uh, yeah. thing. I love the niche. I mean, I really do, uh, mainly because I live in West Palm Beach. So everything there you go. Is, is, you know, there's a lot of that, uh, but it's more and more. And, and I guess the reason I almost wanted to ask you, you ever thought of coming down here and making investments? And the reason is, is because nothing goes up now that's not, you know, 22 stories and, you know, uh, 500 doors, right? So it's- Oh, Yeah. So there's all these other niche all up and down the coast. And I mean, you know, I'm right on the coast here in West Palm Beach, uh, but up and down the coast. But there's, a, there's to me, there's a lot more risk, as you as we know, with the, the Sunnyside deal, you know, the, the complex down there. There's a lot of that going on, just, you know, buildings shutting down entirely and being remodeled. And I see them. I talk to people all the time raising capital for those deals. Uh, because that those are all owned by the, the, the tenants that we're talking like 15, 20, sometimes $50 million, you know, upgrades, not real investable property. I mean, it's not really something, you know, people want to get into. So, um, but I do talk to guys all the time. They're like, no, we're raising capital for this deal over here and that deal. And I'm like, man, there are so many nice properties that you could do exactly what you're doing right without that, that risk. That's it. This is a topic for another discussion for you and I, <laughs> you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, but good stuff. So how do you, um, all accredited investors, I'm assuming that's, that's, that's an assumption on my part, but I'll, I'll say I'm probably pretty close. Yeah, you're, you're pretty close. We actually set up a, a reg CF vehicle um, okay. so that we could take, uh, you know, unaccredited investors. There's limits on, you know, how much money we can do with yeah. that per year. But right. um, yeah, I mean, right now we are all external investor, right? I mean, we always are, are 5% of the fund just to have skin in the game. But, right. um, you know, we've raised from, you know, our share of high net worth folks for sure. And family offices really like this space because a lot of times they'll invest in real estate themselves. Um, but family offices do not are not equipped to you know to soak up the brain damage that's required for you know yeah. high volume kind of a model, sure. um, and so they invest in a lot of you know funds that way too. But the uh, one of the shocking and, and large parts of our investor pool is actually other real estate private equity funds that oh, okay. um, like the exposure but just aren't set up to do it. Right? It's you know it's very different. A single family and a, a single family aggregator and a large scale developer, two very different business models. Their offices don't look even close to the right. same. And, you know, we're, you know, somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. Um, and so they, you know, they like getting the exposure, but ultimately, you know, we build to a nine to 9.5% cap rate on average, which, you know, is a really strong kind of high That's yield, um, even for the Midwest where, yeah, you know, portfolios and uh, you know where we've traded in the past is is in that six percent cap rate range and right. below. So it's that you know three hundred plus bips of spread between our entry cap and our exit cap that generates our 
our returns. And that's, you know, it's compelling to folks that are familiar with real sure. estate that are, would love a six cap, but are frequently, you know, even now bidding in the, you know, mid fives um, yeah. and, and, uh, and below. So that's the model. That's what generates, you know, the 2.1 to 2.4 X net um, returns for LPs. That's, you know, that's what we're really built to do. And we've done it in, you know, a handful of cities and we're all about, you know, okay, we've got this good engine, you know, right. what city do we add next? So on and so forth. I got to believe in, in at least it, this is a guess again. I like guessing these things sometimes that you know, the <laughs> prognostication hat comes on and I'm like, let's see how savvy I really am. Uh, I but, I, but I have to believe there's been a nice influx, at least in the past 90 to 120 days, uh, you know, you know, out, out, out of a bit of fear, you know, I, I hugely. And, yeah. Yeah. What, what I always say to, uh, to folks about the environment and our fund is that, and we're getting a lot of attention on the you know investor side of it right now for the same reason, but you know, there's five real reasons why, you know, now is kind of a good time for this space. One, you know, it, it in and of itself is very recession resistant because you're in right. kind of the chorus markets. We have a lot of, you know, parts on top of that. We pick very recession resistant MSAs with sticky employment bases, blah, blah, blah. Happy to talk right. about the, you know, markets that we do it in. It's a good hedge against inflation, which is still high. Right. Um, it's because it's so high yield, it's a good hedge against rising interest rates in real estate, right? Because we still have three or 400 bips spread versus right. where we get there. debt, yeah. right? Whereas, you know, for most large scale multifam developers, you know, they're actually negative spread. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Let's then- joke the, on that, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last two things are, you know, one- uh, fear is a, uh, a, a returns driver for us, right? I mean, we buy these directly from sellers, some of which are unsophisticated and um, are affected by recessions. They don't own that much real estate. Maybe it's something they forgot about, but now they're like, hey, you know, I could really use an extra X thousand dollars. Yes, right. uh, you know, I, I, I am going to respond to that, that outreach. And then, you know, on the flip side of it, it, we have a five-year hold on our on our investment horizon, right? So that is kind of perfect timing to to buy, so that you're exiting at you know kind of the max price per unit. But that's what I that's what I always kind of say about the current environment is it's it's good for some things, not good for others. If you can pick and find good acyclical investments, go for it. You know, we represent a, a, an example of that. But that's that's great, man. I mean, I, I love the story, and I. I definitely love the market that you're in. Um, I, I, I think more people should be involved in that. And just talking to so many people in this industry, there's a lot of places to go and move and, and, and you know, modulate around. Uh, but I, I, I think I like the, the Midwest part of it the most. You know? Yeah, the, 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 the Midwest is interesting because we always get that, oh, you know, this is a cool model. I love the aggregator strategy. Right. I've invested in SFRs, but why aren't you doing this in Tampa? And it's like, right. okay. First you know, thing that's, that went to my mind. Why, why it, yeah. Well? <laughs> I, I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. But you know, the, the thing for us is that, you know, we are long-term players in a market that we enter. We're not like, oh, we want to buy this type of asset. So, oh, there's right. one in Missouri. Here's one in Florida. There's one in Texas. I'll look at. Here's one in California. We're market first, right? So what we want are long-term growth markets that are super recession resistant. So we can invest in, you know, kind of in good times and bad, if you will. And then also markets where, um, you know, there's really strong affordability 
and there's room for rent growth over time. So we're not, you know, and some of the some of the markets in the South are a little scary on on affordability, right? Where, you know, in New York, we're at like 40, 45%, yeah. right? But mm-hmm. in some of these places, you know, some of these, you know, Texas is a good example, some of the hot markets there, when you get to that 35% range, it's yeah. it's scary to us because you really should be at the 25% and below mark. Um, right. And our markets are all in that kind of low 20s. So there's room for rent growth. We see that, you know, we're still in the high single, low double digits rent growth. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's good to kind of, to ride that wave. And then the, you know, the last part of it is, um, is low regulatory risk, right? I mean, we want to be right. in states that are today and for the foreseeable future will be um, not scary to landlords and not, right. you know, kind of threatening rent control. Things like, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it defeats the purpose of real estate to invest in a market that has all those risks, right? Because what you right. want and what you what you want to do as a real estate sponsors is provide strong risk adjusted returns, um, not roll the dice, right? So right. you know we we've got our experience in New York, we've done well there. So you know the model works in many different places, but we like to be in those really you know core, strong, long term, you know built to last style nice. markets. But um, yeah, a lot of our a lot of our tenants are you know fit in that in that groove. They're you know, over-indexed on healthcare and education, all of our markets are, those right. are our focuses, as well as, you know, medium cost and low cost location, business services and tech jobs. Um, so kind of the last to be laid off, if you will. Right. Um, right. And that's a lot of them are, you know, 80 to $120,000 household income, right. nurses, uh, grad, grad students, and uh, professors, you know, people that have a you lower know, risk level. Yeah, exactly. Level. Stick around for a long time. It's a it's kind of a nice little niche we've grouped into. Yeah, I like it. I definitely like it. Ray, how would someone get in touch with you? Uh, either they want to be an investor, or heck, maybe even they have uh, they might reach out about properties. Yeah. Um, so you know, in, investor reaching out about properties, or just to chat about multifam and mini multi. I, uh, Tom, my partner, and I love talking about. Uh, multifamily real estate to a, to an absurd and potentially annoying degree. So, you know, please do reach out, but yeah, you're very versed. I, I appreciate that. I didn't have to pull anything out of you. Trust me. I've done over 300 and some <laughs> interviews and it is, it is well known that I have done most of the talking in some of those interviews. So I, I, I love the fact you, you definitely love talking about it and love sharing it with the, with our audience. Yeah. Well, where there's, where there's passion, there's uh there's purpose, but the, uh, you know, the best way to get in touch with us is on our website. Um, we are at USA Terra, U-S-A-T-E-R-R-A.com. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. Some, you know, 3D renderings of renovations we've done and, um, you know, more info about our process. But, um, you know, info at USATerra.com. Feel free to shoot us an, an email. We're also on Bigger Pockets. Um, we are, you know, have a pretty active um, you know, thought sharing engine on LinkedIn as well. So, you know, whatever is, you know, easy for you to, to connect with us, we'd love to, um, you know, have a conversation going and, you know, comment, post, disagree, argue with us on, on our <laughs> LinkedIn stuff. We love that. Yeah. Fantastic. Ray Hyman, Terra Capital. Thank you so much for being on the program. I definitely, definitely will be uh, keeping up with you and catching up with you over the next three, six, nine months, see how things are going. Uh, kind of see what direction, uh, you know, be my uh, barometer, so to speak. And if you ever decide you guys want to, you know, make a footprint down in Florida, let me know. 
Love to be involved. You, you got it. You'll be the uh, you'll be the first one we call. But thanks, Tim. Uh, really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Awesome podcast, and you know, very happy to be uh, to be a part of it. Have a great week, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Tim. Bye.